0: Over the last few weeks, we've been taking a look at some of the parables of Jesus, some of the stories that he tells that teach us a deeper spiritual truth. And there's been a theme throughout all of them. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like... He's teaching us about his kingdom, the place where his word works, where he creates faith, how that word works in our lives. Remember a few weeks ago, we looked at the parable of the sower and the seed, how that sower is out there spreading seed all over the place. In some places it takes root, some places it doesn't, right? How the word of God, how the kingdom works. Last week, we looked at the parable of the weeds and the wheat. Right, how God allows in this world, this field, the weeds and the wheat to grow together. Believers and unbelievers to, to live together here. And at the end, he will separate them. But for now, that plan and how he keeps his wheat safe and strong. How the kingdom of God works. How the word of God works in our lives, in our hearts. And today we have four parables in this little section. And it takes... Jesus' idea of how the kingdom of God works just a little farther, into how this impacts what we do, how we live, how that word of God makes a difference in our lives right now, how what life in the kingdom looks like. The first two of Jesus' parables are are pretty easy to understand, right? Let's, Let's look at those again, verses 44 through 46. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So in the previous two parables that we've looked at, the sower and the seed and the weeds and the wheat, there was no question on what those meant, right? Jesus explained them for us. Every little detail was told to us by Jesus. There was no questions there. Jesus doesn't do that here, but they're still pretty self-explanatory, right? That treasure or that pearl of great value is the gospel, the word of God, right? And when we know that, when we believe it, when we have it, we're willing to give up everything for it. Right? Just like in that first parable, that man finds that treasure hidden in the field, and he goes and sells everything he has so he can buy that field, so that treasure is his. Right? Or the, that merchant who's looking for that pearl, and he finds that one of great value, that one he's been looking for his entire life. He goes and sells everything so he can buy that one pearl. And so Jesus is saying, when you know the gospel... You've got to be willing to give up everything for it. When you know the value that that word of God has in your life and for your eternity, aren't you willing to give up everything for it? Are you? Is that the case? We just sang in that refrain of that song, We sang, I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in him no other. My soul is satisfied in him alone. Those are beautiful words. A beautiful melody that they're set to. But do we mean them? Are they true for our life? We come here... And we sit here and we hear the word of God and we sing these beautiful words and we hear that our sins are forgiven. We hear the gospel spoken and sung and we feel good, right? We feel joyous. We feel comforted. We feel forgiven. But, but what happens when you walk out these doors in just a little while? Is Jesus the wellspring of your soul? Are you satisfied in him alone? Is he your greatest treasure or does he have competition? With the things of the world out there? Is your treasure sometimes found in things? Rather than in the giver of those things? Is your, are you satisfied in accomplishments and achievements rather than in Jesus? Right? Does Jesus have competition to be the wellspring of your soul when you walk out these doors? Are you willing to give up all those other things for Jesus? Or when we confess our sins, right? Just a few minutes ago, we confessed our sins and we confessed all of our sins. But are, those, are there those few, those few sins that you really don't intend to give up, that maybe you're not really that sorry for, that you have a hold on your heart and maybe on your life and you've become really okay with them? You confess some of your sins, but not really all of them. Maybe the sin of lust. Or gossip. Or cheating to get ahead. Or the disrespect of authorities over you. Whatever those sins that you have that you're holding on to, that you don't really intend to give up, are they competition with Jesus? Are you willing to give up even those had sins, as we call them, those sins that you are okay with? Or you think about coming and bringing an offering. And you bring your offering, but is it it done willingly, cheerfully, generously, or is it out of a sense of obligation, a sense of guilt because I suppose i got to give something, Or just what's left over at the end of the week after you've already blown most of your check? What are you willing to give up for the sake of the gospel? Or just a couple minutes ago, we confessed our faith in the Apostles' Creed, right? And we spoke those words boldly and confidently as we sat here. That's easy to do here. But what about out there? Is confessing your faith in your triune God as you go and live in this world that is so opposed to what we believe and what the Bible says? And it may cause you to be a little uncomfortable if you speak up and speak your faith. Maybe even, might mean losing some friendships, relationships, a job. When you go and not only confess with your mouth but with your life who you believe God is, what are you willing to give up? For the sake of the gospel. Are we like these men in these parables. Who are willing to give up absolutely everything. To hold on to the one thing that matters most. That has eternal intrinsic value. You know maybe part of the problem. Is that some of us have had this treasure for so long. We've just begun to take it for granted. That it really. Isn't special anymore to us. Because we just kind of go through the routine. Do the church, do our Bible reading, go to Bible study, do our devotions, do our prayers, it has just become routine. And it just isn't meaningful anymore. We just don't see the value anymore because it's just always been there for us. And that's what Jesus' third parable is about. That's what he says, starting at verse 47. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and it caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. And then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. What Jesus is teaching us here is, you know, on the outside, all the fish look the same, right? As they catch them, they all they're all caught in the nets and, and they drag them up on shore. If, unless you're a, you know, an expert fisherman, they are, they're just all fish. They all look like fish, right? You can't tell the good ones from the bad ones, but the fishermen can. They know what's a good fish and what's a bad fish. The good ones they keep, the bad ones they throw away. And what Jesus is teaching us with this parable is we all look the same, right? We do the same things. We all go to church. We give our offerings. We go and try to be kind and loving and forgiving and help the poor and the needy, right? It all looks the same on the outside. But what's going on inside? Because that's really what God cares about. God doesn't care so much about the outward as he does about the inward. Because if the heart's not right, if our motivation for doing all those things is not in the right place, none of it matters. In fact, what you are, if that's the case, if it's not motivated by the gospel, if it's not out of love for Jesus that you're doing these things, if it's just for show, if it's just for outward appearances... The Bible calls you a hypocrite. You know what a hypocrite is? It's, it's an actor. Someone who pretends. Someone who's just playing a part. That's not really them. They're just pretending. Friends, this is a, a stern warning from Jesus here to, to us, to his people, to his disciples. That it's not about what you look like on the outside, but what's inside. That it's God himself who judges and sees our attitudes and our motives, what's right inside of our heart. And there's the stern warning. He says, this is how it's going to be at the end of the age, right? That the angels are going to come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Friends, it's a matter of the heart. Are we willing to give up just the outwardness of our religion? The outward things and really take a look deep inside because that's where God is looking are we willing to give him up to give up this idea of having to put on a show for God or for others and see that we still are in our time of grace that we have this time that the net hasn't been pulled up on shore yet the, the fish have not been separated yet but now to look into our hearts and repent For all the times that we have just done the outward things and thought that was enough, or that was good with God, or somehow that counted for something. Maybe we've been in this so long that it just becomes about the outward things. And we've lost the true value of what this is really all about. The worth of this treasure that we have. And it's changed how we live. You know, maybe part of the problem, too, is we don't, really grasp how valuable this treasure we have is. This, this pearl of great value. We don't, we don't get how much it's really worth. There's a man named Robert Cutshaw who lived many years ago who, who, had, a, who had a regular job, but on the side, uh, he would go search for stones, valuable stones, and then sell them. He'd go out and look for them, and he came across one one time, uh, a really big one, and he called it big and pretty. <laughs> and he had no idea what it was worth and he went to some of the people he would sell stones to and no one seemed really interested and so he took that stone and thought, you know, I'm just going to keep it and he put it in a box under his bed and it stayed there for two decades and then he came across another uh, buyer of stones and and then he remembered that that stone that he had under his bed and he pulled it out and showed it to this man and said, would you like to buy this one? No one's wanted it, it's been under my bed for uh, 20 years now and that stone, true story This stone is what we now know as the sapphire of the star of David. 2,000 carats, worth over $5 million, was under this man's bed for 20 years. He had no idea what it was worth. What about the gospel? This treasure, far greater than any stone. Do we realize its great value? Do we realize its worth for us? Do we realize how priceless it is? But not without a price. Because this message of the gospel, this good news of the gospel, had a great price. price of innocent blood. Innocent, precious blood shed for you. That God himself was willing to take on flesh and shed blood for you. That Jesus was willing to give up absolutely everything for you. His throne in heaven, his life on earth, and everything in between. That's how valuable God says you are. That's how important you are to him. That he was willing to sell everything, give up everything so that you could belong to him. Willing to sacrifice himself. Willing to go into that blazing furnace, to that place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, so that you would never have to. So that you could be counted a good fish in God's eyes because of the righteousness of Christ, because of His merits, not yours. Friends, do you realize the intrinsic value of that precious blood of Jesus and what it does? It makes you His now and forever. That right now, you are holy in God's sight. Right now, he says, you have eternal value in my sight. You are my prized possession. And I will give up everything to keep you as my prized possession. Friends, that's the treasure you have. That's the pearl of great value that has been entrusted to you. And you don't have to buy it. You don't earn it in any way. You don't deserve it. It's given as a gift. The good news that your Savior has taken your place and taken your death and taken your suffering and your pain so that you can have peace and forgiveness and life and hope and salvation, a spring of spiritual riches that flows from that empty cross. It's all yours. It's all yours. As a free gift. How can we not be willing to give up everything? Absolutely everything to hold on to it. How can we not? Be willing to give up anything in this life that would keep us from holding on to that great pearl of great price. To hold on to that treasure. To hold on to those truths of the gospel. And that's what Jesus wants more than anything else. And that's what his last parable is about. He says first, he says, Have you understood all these things Jesus has? He wants to make sure his disciples, Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what the kingdom of heaven is like? Do you understand how it's so valuable? So precious. It has eternal value for you. And that you're willing to give up everything for it. Do you understand these things, my friends? And they answer yes. And along with them, don't we have to answer yes? We understand. We believe. By God's grace we come in word and sacrament in these means of grace God continues to come again to help us to see how valuable it is how worthy of our time it is how priceless it is for now and forever and that's why Jesus says right at the end every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old and friends, that's what Jesus invites us to do. To go into that storeroom as often as you want to, as often as you need to, and, and bring out the treasures. Bring them out old and new. Right? Bring out those old treasures. Like, like probably some of the first words you learned when you were a child if you grew up in a Christian home. Jesus loves me this I know, for the Bible tells me so. So simple, so old, so beautiful so true so comforting so powerful i bring out those old treasures go back and review those basics of jesus lived for me jesus died for me jesus rose for me go and take out those old treasures and look at them and handle them again and look at them and be amazed at the love your god has for you and then also pull out those new treasures too dig deeper Look into that storeroom. Continue to find all of those wonderful truths and begin to try to grasp, as Paul says, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ that he has for you. Bring out those new treasures too and see what you didn't know before. Grow faith in those things that were hidden to you before to see just how great the grace of God is go back into that storeroom over and over and over as you come and listen to the word here as you come and receive the sacrament here as you open up your bibles and read and do devotions and with your family at home go back into that storeroom bring out those treasures and see just how valuable you are to god friends how can we not be willing to give up everything our time our possessions pride even maybe our life for the sake of this gospel for the sake of this treasure for this gospel that says that you are God's most prized possession and so this gospel must be my most prized possession what are you willing to give up by God's grace may we always say anything and absolutely everything amen